that's probably why you know the issue you know now because I'm very like opposite of that now I like prioritize my sleep Welcome to Setback Stories. I'm Chelsea, your host, here today to bring you on an adventure full of lessons and stories about me, my guests, and the times we've had to move backwards before moving forwards. So, whether you're exercising, commuting to work, or have some free time, we hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Setback Stories. Today, I have a really good friend with me. For today's episode, who I miss so dearly since I haven't seen her in over a year, but I guess that kind of holds true for everyone. Hashtag stay at home. Her name is Ishita Sachdev. Hi, Ishi. How are you? Hi, Chelsea. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited to talk about burnout today. It will be fun and I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy that you agreed to do this because I'm going to take any time I can to spend time with you virtually, of course, at a distance. I know you're in Vancouver right now. And hey, where did you go last night? I saw your story on Instagram. Oh, we drove looked- like up to Squamish just to see the stars and then drove back down. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, it was, it it was so nice pretty. to get away from campus for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm so jealous of everyone who's in Vancouver right now because I feel like everyone's taking advantage of the outdoors, obviously, because there's not much to do indoors these days. So yeah, I'm happy that um, you did that because I'm sure that contributed to uh, your wellness and to you preventing something that we're going to talk a bit more about today, which is burnout, both academic burnout and social burnout. But before we talk about that, um, let's talk about how we met. I'm curious to know what you remember about our very first meeting or encounter. I remember it, but I'm not sure if you do. So how did we meet, Ishii? I remember you were studying with Yifan and Vantage. That's like the first time we had like a proper conversation. And like, we were just like, we hit it off pretty like easily. And I liked, I feel like our sense of humor is just like clicked. And it was like, very fun to talk to you. Yeah, it was through Yifan. I remember that for sure. (laughs) Oh, that's awkward because that's not how I first remember you. Wait, what? <laughs> was um, it not Vantage? Well, I just want to clarify. Um, Vantage is... How do you describe Vantage to someone who doesn't go to UBC? It's just a study lounge. That's how I would describe it. Yeah. it's a study. It was a study lounge in my residence specifically. But I remember meeting you in the open kitchen of my residence, which is the name of the cafeteria. And... I saw Yifan, our mutual friend, and you were just trailing behind her. And she was like, oh, this is my friend Ishi. And she's she mentioned your name to me before. and But that was the first time I remember seeing you. And Yeah, I don't think we talked much that time, though, right? Yeah. No, we didn't. I feel like we talked more when we were, like, in Vantage. That's probably why I remember that more. I think we talked the most, or we started talking more in term two of first year. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah, because we grinded a lot. Um, and that reminds me, the reason why I picked you today for today's topic, well, <laughs> well, low-key, um, we, we chose the topic together. But anyways, um, I wanted to bring you onto the pod because I remember in first year, it was this weekend, it was this one moment specifically that um, you did something where that you did something that I really admired in which 
I was studying Advantage one weekend and I think I was with Yifan and you came along to just chill and you were like, I am not studying this weekend at all. Like you didn't even bring your notebooks. You didn't bring your laptop. You just chilled. And I was like, so I was in so much awe because I was like, oh, I wish I could do that. And technically I could have done it, but I just never had the courage or um, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Willingness to do it because at that time I thought that school came first, which is something I'm, I'm learning today. So I commend you for taking a whole weekend off to not do school. Um, which I think is huge because the demands of university are pretty mm-hmm. high. So, yeah, like I definitely like do have to plan which weekends I can take off. Like, but it's definitely something that I do prioritize. Like, just my own time as well, away from classes and stuff, especially on weekends. Just like work-life balance is important. Oh yeah, I love how you schedule it in advance because it just just shows how much you prioritize self-care in itself because I feel like people might put self-care on the back burner unless they I don't know write it into their schedule or agenda so yeah I really uh admire that moment it comes to mind whenever I try to take care of myself and uh, do intentional self-care days and that relates to the setback stories we're going to talk to we're we're going to talk about today uh which have to do with academic and social burnout. Um, more specifically, I am curious to know, Ishi, how you started integrating these self-care days or self-care weekends. Um, was it always a thing that was routine to you since high school or did some setback story of its own happen first that made you realize that maybe you should start prioritizing self-care. Yeah, for sure. I definitely noticed once I... So I'm actually from Bangkok, as you know. So I studied in an international school where they offered the IB curriculum. And it was a very intensive curriculum for me. It's basically like you take six higher level courses. So those credits transfer into university as well. And... um. You, like, you can choose like three higher level and three standard levels, but those credits can be transferred as well. So they're more like university level courses. And I don't regret taking it at all, but that was definitely the two years that I experienced academic burnout. I was definitely someone who consistently like looked at my grades throughout school. I was always aiming to be in like high honor roll and like, like I would just always be studying and when I wasn't I had basketball practice after classes and I started noticing like that I was reaching a burning out stage especially in my first semester of grade 12 which is when we had a bunch of like internal assessments due for each class we were applying for universities and we also had to take mock exams so just so like some clarification in terms of what those are is when you take those exams, your professors basically grade you what they think IB would give you a score out of seven for, and you give those grades to the universities you're applying for. So once you get those predicted grades, you have an expectation from your university of maintaining those grades. If they give, it's usually a conditional offer. So obviously I'm in UBC right now. And for that, I had to maintain the grades that my professors had predicted of me. Mm -hmm. And so that semester, I had a lot of pressure on myself. 
And it was kind of a moment where after the first semester of grade 12, obviously I still continued studying in the second semester. And like, that's also why like I was able to come here because I still kept my grades up. But I changed my mindset in the sense that like, I knew that I didn't want to just be tired the whole time. So I attended that school since elementary. It's basically mm. like I was there my whole life and I didn't right. want to leave with just tired and like bad memories. Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily bad. I had a lot of good times, but it was like I didn't want my last semester there to be just studying all the time. So mm-hmm. it was the last semester that I decided to make a conscious effort of spending more time with friends and enjoying like the school life. So for example, normally I do volleyball as well. But in that semester, I, I decided not to do it. Yeah, okay, I, it, it wasn't like a big part of my life. It was like, I did it in ninth and 10th grade. And then I decided mm-hmm. not to do it in 11th and 12th because mm-hmm. I didn't want to tire myself out. So I just chose basketball. Good. Like I chose between the two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was definitely the biggest like setback. It was very tiring. I would be waking up at five. I also had a long commute to school, which was like an hour and a half. And that would make me even more tired because like I would just get like sleepy from being in the car for so long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just noticed during the break that like once I had s- submitted all my university applications, I was just waiting and there was not much I could really do. So I realized that I just needed to enjoy my last semester. And I did. And like I made a very conscious effort to enjoy it and I don't regret it at all because I still studied but I have some very very happy memories from my last semester in high school which Mm -hmm. I'm very happy about so yeah that's like the main gist of when I experienced like academic burnout wow thank you yeah I didn't go to an IB school in high school but everyone who I know who has done IB says that it was kind of hellish and I remember we were studying advantage of course in first year and one time you went you just talked me talked to me about how the rigors of the school of the school curriculum and how that was also difficult with um like attending basketball practice because I also know that your school was very big on athletics right so yeah can you walk me through like what a week in the life of grade 12 issue looked like yeah so After school, I usually had, like, 30 minutes before practice, and then I would, well, let's start with the morning. So I used to wake up at, like, 5, 10 a.m., and my bus would come pick me up at, like, 5.25, so I had, like, 15 minutes to, like, get ready every morning. Wait, 5 a.m.? Yeah. No way! Because I lived pretty far from, like, my school. Okay, fair. Wow. Yeah, and, like, the bus picked up a few people along the way, right? So it, Okay, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I used to wake up really early. I don't know how I did it, but, like... Yeah, <laughs> now it's, like, I can't even wake up at, like, 8. I would be so <laughs> tired. But, um, yeah, I, like, used to wake up at, like, 5.10. Some days, like, 5.15, depending on my mood. And then I would reach school around 6.40, I would go get, oh, I had a very bad caffeine addiction as well. I would go walk to Starbucks every morning and get coffee. Like, that would wake me up. Because classes started at 7.20, but the buses would always, like, arrive early just because they mm. wanted to avoid traffic. So I, yeah. it was nice, like, arriving earlier just because I had a few, like, minutes before classes started to just, like, chill. But it was mm-hmm. definitely, like, pushing my sleep schedule a lot. 
So yeah, yeah, I was always very sleepy. And then I would go to classes. My break time would be like lunch, which was so fun. I miss like my lunch break with all my friends. We'd always like eat together and just chill. And then um, after school, I'd have like a half an hour break. But I normally wouldn't really eat until like after basketball practice just because I don't want to feel like sick mm-hmm. during basketball. Yeah. So I'd have basketball. Then I would take the bus back around 5 p.m., which is like traffic time in Bangkok. Um, so I'd reach home around like 7. And then I would eat and shower and like try to spend some time with my family. Like I would eat dinner with them and then I'd mm-hmm. do work. But there were many nights where like I would be eating in my room because I just didn't have time. So that's like when I started noticing, because for me, like I really prioritize family time as well. And like everyone eats together and stuff at night. So it was like, that's when I started noticing that like, it was getting a little out of hand because I would be eating alone in my room and studying. And obviously my family like supported me and they would always like want me to do my best, but they didn't really, like they, they're not, it wasn't like them pushing me. It was more of me pushing me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then I would just study, study, study. And then go to sleep and then wake up at five again. What time did you go go to bed at? It really depended on the week. But mm-hmm. there were... So I've never... I never pulled an all-nighter, which I was really surprised by. That until university. But, um, oh. <laughs> but it was like late. Like some nights would be like 2 a.m. And if you're waking up at five, that's not enough sleep. I think it partly it was due to the fact that I'd be in the bus for like an hour and a half. So I'd nap mm-hmm. and that nap used to ruin my sleep schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since like a nap, like sleeping on the bus is like that. The quality you get napping on a bus is not yeah. compared to the quality of sleep you get in your own bedroom. Yeah. For wow. Sure. I did not know that about you. I did not know that you pretty much like survived off at off of what three hours of sleep per night sometimes in high school like I totally resonate with you when you say that like the hour what hour and a half long bus ride or commute to school feels totally draining because in high school I did the same thing I was very fortunate that I had a ride to school every every day and I didn't have to bus but like the car rides sometimes were like two hours there and then two hours back and like it was so draining even if I napped in the car I felt very tired when I woke up so mm-hmm. yeah I completely agree I, I I don't know how you did it <laughs> I just don't yeah. but you did it that's probably why you know the issue you know now because I'm very like opposite of that now I like prioritize my sleep but yeah um, this makes a lot of sense now because yeah. yeah you definitely sleep in when you have to you definitely take um walks when you need to when you're studying and you definitely plan your self-care days and you also I've I don't think I've ever I don't ever recall you studying and eating at the same time because that was something that I was guilty of doing in first year in that like I remember you used to yeah. say that you were feeling guilty about it like I remember specifically that you said you felt guilty about it and that you wanted to consciously make the effort to not study while eating yeah, that's definitely something that I noticed this um, – that it's something that I've been reflecting on during my gap semester. I recently picked up meditation, which makes you more mindful of everything you do. And I realized that I want – for moving forward, I want to be more mindful of what I eat just so that I can 
give my brain a break and not study at the same time and just to enjoy the food that's in front of me more. So I'm happy that we're both practicing that now. But like, I've definitely talked to people who have said that they wish that eating doesn't take up a lot of time. And I get where they're coming from because you cook a lot. So you must know that cooking takes Mm -hmm. up a lot of time. And I guess it can be perceived as taking away time from studying. But um, I also want to highlight that like, it's kind of good that eating takes up a lot of time because that means you can use that time to socialize with people or to just give your brain a break after a long study session. So mm-hmm. kudos to us for changing. But yeah, like, um, I definitely agree with you. Like, it's definitely something that we, it's good we're prioritizing, like eating, like, and not making that part of our studying. Because I feel like when you start blurring lines, it like, that's when you start burning out. Would you agree? When you start blurring like lines when of you start blurring lines of like different things in your life. Like even like for example, sometimes even with friends, like sometimes I feel like some of my friends, there was a point where all we did was study and didn't hang mm-hmm. out as friends. Like we would meet to just study. Mm-hmm. And that's like blurring the line between like studying and friendship. And like I feel like they're two di- they should be two different things sometimes as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that as well. In that, personally, I like multitasking. So if I can get two benefits in one, um, what, for example, a, a former example of like studying and eating, then I'll take it. But yeah, I agree that once you blur the lines between social connection and like studying or like studying and eating, then that kind of diminishes the experience, the individual experiences of socializing or like studying. That's a good point, Ishi. What about you, Chelsea? Did you also feel like you burnt out in high school as well or I I think so yeah I think I would say that I burnt I I underwent serious burnout academic burnout in grade 11 but also second year term one um grade 11 kind of was just I committed to way too many commitments I was taking tri-sci and I also lived very like you, very far away from school. And sometimes I spent four hours in a car. And going back to your point in that, in like co-opting or like multitasking, I remember like it got so bad to the point where I was doing homework in the car. And I was guilty of doing that even in grade nine because I don't know, for some reason in grade nine, I had this... (laughs) Loki, I had I had this dream of like going to an Ivy League. So then as soon as high school started, I was like, yo, grades come first. I have to take the SATs. I have to get into Harvard. I'm going to go all out, which is so funny in hindsight, because I didn't even end up applying to the States. And not even that, even if I did want, if, even if I did wanted to apply to the Ivy Leagues, like I really wish I didn't compromise my health like I really wish that I didn't do homework in the car and at the expense of motion sickness so yeah I experienced burnout in grade 11 because I was playing sports I was um, taking relatively hard courses even though it wasn't IB Um, yeah so I didn't really understand the meaning of academic burnout until my first semester of second year in that I was taking less than a full course load. I was taking four 
courses, but it was my first time in university picking up um, extracurriculars while balancing what is still considered a full-time course load. And what's unfortunate is that unlike some universities and their programs in which they have a legit midterm week in which they schedule all their midterms into one week, you, you and I know that UBC doesn't do that. Instead, you could have a midterm starting at the end of September and another midterm up until the what, last week of November. And for some reason, that happened to me in second year term one, in which I had 10 midterms, like, not condensed into one week, but spread out over the course of 10 weeks. So as soon as I was done studying for one midterm, it was, I had to um, start focusing on the next midterm, which was just constant go, go, go attitude for 10 weeks straight. And I didn't realize that I was burnt out until I walked away out of my 10th midterm feeling like emotionally numb. And I I think I remembered trying to like call you or, or like call Yifan or just a friend and find someone to be with because like I felt I was just breaking down um, at that point because I should have been happy, but like I just felt so tired, especially since like I wasn't even like free from school considering I like finals was right around the corner. So yeah, I definitely experienced academic burnout um, at the end of first semester of second year. I don't know. Do you remember me telling you about this? I remember like you were constantly stressed. Like even if we were doing something else, you were stressed. And like, (laughs) it was like a constant, like you were studying a lot, which is good. Like obviously as you should be studying, but it, it felt like you were constantly stressed and like I could tell that like it was not good for you because I remember like you saying I have like this many midterms left still I had like I remember like almost every week I'd be like good luck for this midterm and like good luck for that <laughs> midterm and it was just like I couldn't imagine like yeah I definitely think that makes sense that you got burnt out because it was an intense semester for you for sure yeah, thank you for checking in with me every week too. And from time to time, even now, you still check in with me to see how I'm doing. It definitely helps to have people to either wish me good luck um, for my 10 midterms or to just act as a study buddy and to remind me that you're there. And I think what really helped me maybe not burn out earlier into the semester uh, was that tr- that weekend trip that we did to Victoria. So Oh, that was a fun trip. It was a fun trip, and I hope that we can go back again. Yeah, I definitely think we should. If there's one thing that that whole semester of burnout taught me, it's to schedule in more socialization. Because had I not gone to Victoria with you and our friends, like I don't know <laughs> what would have happened to my physical or mental state. And I'm... In some ways, I'm still kind of glad that I experienced burnout early, relatively early in my degree, um, because now I know what not to do, and mm-hmm. I guess that's on brand with the theme of setback stories, right? That we can always take away something from an unfortunate experience. Yeah, for sure. What well, What would you say is like the biggest thing you learned from 
thoughts, like, semester of yours? Um, the biggest thing, mm, I would say the biggest thing that I learned is to give myself permission to do less. Because at that time, I was taking less than five courses, which is common to do. But I also committed to like more extracurriculars, which kind of, which was nice in that I wasn't studying, using all my time to study, but it wasn't nice in the fact that I didn't have time to do self-care as much. So I think I learned that it's okay to take less than five courses or less than four courses or to not volunteer at like five clubs or organizations. And that really came to light after um, the following December break, because UBC only gives us what, like two to three weeks of December of like Christmas break, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that was not an, I don't know about you, but two weeks is not enough for me to like recuperate from like the mess of the previous semester. And I found it really hard when I went back to class in term two of second year, I found it really hard for me to focus and to keep going with all my classes. And I decided to drop a course. And I think it was a really good call at the time, even though like I, I, I struggled to drop that course because like I felt inadequate compared to my peers. Cause all my other peers, all my friends were taking what four or five courses and I, and I was only taking three courses, but in hindsight, like, I'm so glad that I did because it just meant that I had more time to myself, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, yeah, that brings up a good point, too, about, like, you shouldn't, like, have to compare yourself to other people as well. Like, everyone's, like, going through different things at different times of their life. Maybe those mm-hmm. people haven't experienced burnout yet or they, like, have and, like, they have ways of dealing with it differently. So, like, I definitely think it's good that you did what you wanted to do and not mm-hmm. just, like, compared what other people did. And yeah, yeah, the thing you were saying about December break, I completely agree with that as well. Like, especially like flying back home, like mm-hmm. that takes an entire day. And then like jet lag, by the time I'm actually able to be awake to spend time with people, yeah. I'm like starting to pack for my way back as well. So I remember like flying literally after counting down on New Year's. That was such a weird experience for me, like having to come back. That's why I'm really glad this year UBC gave us like three weeks like they extended the break, which I think was very necessary, especially with online classes and everything that's going on. Sometimes it feels like even a break isn't really a break because like you study at home. So like if you're mm-hmm. still at home, it's like hard to feel like there's that break as well. But yeah, I completely agree with you, like what you said about just like having that break. And like also if you need to cut down a course, just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am so thankful that UBC also extended our winter break. And I'm also very glad that they're finally implementing a fall reading week because I, Wait, I they are? Not, yeah, um, next winter. Oh, nice. Winter year. Yeah. I didn't even I don't know think about that. <laughs> I don't think it's a full week. I think it's like a six day reading week, but I'll take it because like I sometimes wonder if I would have burnt out in first term of second year yeah. um, if we had that reading week. And yeah, I totally resonate with you in that, like, sometimes breaks don't even feel like breaks because, like, for reading weeks, for example, you're intended to study. And maybe during December breaks, you're expected to, I don't know, do some pre-readings for term two. Yeah. And the flying situation, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, and I feel like for breaks, like, 
it shouldn't just be obviously it's the university can't give us breaks all the time but like mm-hmm. it shouldn't just be like the long breaks that matter I feel like if you really don't want to burn out as well what I learned is like taking smaller breaks throughout the week like for example for me like mm-hmm. that includes like walking and like going to the forest and like I feel like it's important to take breaks during the week as well not just mm-hmm. when you have a break like you gotta make yeah. the break for yourself as well that's just something I oh, learned because yeah. like for me I would like follow a schedule and that was it mm-hmm. and now it's like no I actually have the power to make my own schedule so that's definitely something that I feel, feel like is very important to do oh my gosh I love that idea of being intentional about um taking breaks throughout the week or even just throughout the day because I think those tiny breaks of like what like five minutes of meditating or five minutes of walking outside in the forest all add up to the long-term benefit of not burning out so Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that lesson I'm curious to know and would love to learn more about what else you've learned from burning out in high school Yeah, so I guess the biggest thing I noticed is in high school, I was taking courses that, because I was required to take at least six IB courses. So I was taking a bunch of stuff that I didn't necessarily love studying. I was just doing for the sake of reaching that number of courses and like getting Mm -hmm. grades for it in order to get into university. But Mm -hmm. there was one semester, I believe it was second semester of 11th grade and like this is when, so I, I'm in, I'm specializing in marketing. And the reason I knew I wanted to do this is because the like semester that my English class, my psychology class and my business class were all focused on some sort of marketing. Like for English, we were focused on like mass media. And then for psychology, we were like focused on persuasion. And in business, we were focusing on marketing. Mm-hmm. That semester was so fun for me. Like, even though I was feeling a little burnt out, it was the least burnt out I felt throughout the whole time because I genuinely enjoyed what I was learning. Mm -hmm. So obviously I know like not everyone is able to like study what they want. Like there are Mm -hmm. like other, you know, like maybe your parents like want you to study something else or yeah, yeah, like I know it's not, I I can't just say like, Oh, study what you want. Like that's definitely, there Mm -hmm. are many like other external factors to that Mm -hmm. but I definitely think even taking like if you can't study what you want even taking an elective and something you love Mm -hmm. like learning for the sake of learning rather than just grades is definitely something I learned that helps me like this semester or this whole year even when I was back home last semester I was taking mainly marketing courses and I wasn't focused on the grades at all I was just doing what I loved and like it was the best that I've done Whereas in first and second year, like, I wasn't burnt out, but I was still studying for the sake of, like, getting grades just because we don't specialize until our third year. So the first two years were all prerequisites of, like, classes I don't necessarily want to take. But, I mean, they're important. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to know, like, finance and accounting and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, it's just I still felt like I wasn't studying what I wanted to. So this year has been, like, the best like I've ever felt in terms of academics because I genuinely love what I'm learning so I'm excited to like do the assignments and like learn and discuss in class and like I feel like it makes a very big difference to do what you actually want that's like definitely something I learned yeah yeah I literally wrote about that in my application to transfer faculties um UBC asked me 
in the application, ABC was asking me why I wanted to enter kinesiology. And I was like, it's simply because I'm not that interested in my current faculty. And I think that's what's making me so vulnerable to burning out because I'm forcing myself to study for the sake of grades, which I'm sure you experienced in IB since you really wanted to get into UBC and wanted to keep up your expected predicted grades, right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely resonate with you in that. And I sometimes wonder if I if I do get into kin, if I'm going to burn out taking five courses because I I'm sure as hell that it's I will be taking five courses that I'm really passionate and interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for you too. Like even if it's a lot of work, I feel like you'll still be generally happier in terms of like mm-hmm. wanting to learn. And I feel like that yeah. makes like a big difference. So I'm very excited for you. And I think oh, it's a good you. decision. Like I fully support it. Thank you. Well, I haven't heard back yet, so I hope I'm not jinxing myself. Um, I do hope I get in, but yeah. But like, yeah. even the fact that you've decided to change just shows that you are putting in that effort to not burn out, which is good. Thank you so much. That means a lot to be uh, reassured by my friends. Speaking about friends, I'm wondering, did you turn to support systems while you were undergoing burnout uh, in high school? Yeah, a lot of my friends were taking IB as well. So we were kind of each other's support system. (laughs) So I mean, it it definitely brought us all together. Like there was solidarity and burning out together. Mm -hmm. But like, I definitely appreciate my friends a lot. And I still do. Like I still keep in touch with those friends. And I feel like my family is also very supportive. Like they've always been like, do what you want to do. And like, I just I'm very grateful for them because they never pushed me but it was more me pushing myself mm-hmm. and like I, I feel like if my family were to be pushing me as well I feel like I would not I would do even worse so mm-hmm. I definitely realized that I have a lot of like support from my friends and like parents and stuff which it was like obviously there's many bad things about burnout but it made me realize a lot of things after and just made me very grateful for the people I have in my life because I don't think I could have done it like without them. Mm. So yeah, I feel like for me, friends and family are like, I do rely a lot on support systems and I'm also like, Mm -hmm. I like supporting my friends as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it definitely made us closer, but they were also struggling. So it was more of a, like we were just helping each other kind of thing. (laughs) But yeah. How about you? Do you feel like you depend on your friends as well? Um, yeah, I think I totally contribute to the solidarity and burning out um, with the people who are going through the exact same thing. I think I witness this solidarity the most um, on Reddit. Uh, you know me and Reddit. I always love uh, skimming <laughs> yeah. the UBC Reddit. I think I've like mentioned that on this podcast like so many times. Um, but I'll always come across a post um, of someone saying like, who else is feeling burnt out or who else is feeling stressed or who else is feeling tired this semester. And like, it's kind of beautiful to see other people comment, even though it's kind of unfortunate, but yeah, there's something beautiful about feeling less lonely when you're going through, wait, that's, that doesn't even make sense. What am I trying to say? Is she like, it makes you <laughs> feel more at ease knowing other people are also going through the same thing. Is that what you're trying to mm-hmm. say? Yes. 
but yes. not lonely but like I get mm-hmm. what I get what you're getting at yeah like you just feel like you're not the only one so it's somewhat okay <laughs> even though yeah, it's not, but okay. not okay but it's like mm-hmm. it's like more okay than it's a short-term fix like, yeah yeah and I think I think that's the reason why I like studying in groups, just to remind myself that I'm not the only one who is studying for long chunks of the day. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if it means like just sitting next to someone and like not talking to them for the majority of our study session, it's comforting to know that like we're all in this together. We're all struggling together. And even more so, I try to surround myself with people who remind me to take care of myself um, while undergoing the rigors of university life, such as you. I'm very grateful to have you in my support system, Ishii, because your leadership in taking care of yourself, your efforts to go for walks in Pacific Spirit Park or to cook at home or to drive, where did you go? Squamish? To see the stars really encourages me and motivates me to do the same. And I'm slowly trying to integrate that right now. Like, I mean, I'm only taking one course, um, but I hope to be more like you and more intentional when I do go back to school full time. That means a lot. And like, I feel like when I study with you as well, you motivate me to study more. So it's like a good balance, you know, because I feel like (laughs) there are some times where like, I just don't want to study and I, I should be studying. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I, I feel like we I balance like each other out good. Yeah. Which is like amazing. I remind you to study, but you remind the both of us to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Which I think is I, a beautiful balance. I think it's a good balance. So speaking about university life, just the life of a university student, we, you and I both know that university is a time and place to meet new people and perhaps your friends for life so I would love to know how else you experienced burnout specifically social burnout yeah so uh, I feel like social burnout is something that people don't really talk about as much I feel like when we talk about burnout we think about like academic or work burnout but I feel like it's something that I noticed has impacted me so there are like two times in my life both during university that I've started noticing social burnout and I guess first year term one um I feel like because I was new and it was my first time having to make friends because I lived in Bangkok my whole life so I always had my like comfort zone and my my social circle and then Mm -hmm. it was the first time moving to a new place and having to make friends and I felt like I was constantly meeting new people and trying to like not just meet new people but also maintain those relationships with those new people Mm -hmm. So that term was definitely one that like drained me. And it's like, obviously if I saw those people around, I'd still say hi, but I didn't, I wasn't able to like maintain as many relationships as I thought I could. And I mm-hmm. guess it makes sense too. Cause like they take time, right? Like friendships and like you find the people you like and then you build on those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was like one time that I feel like me and a lot of people I know have experienced social burnout. Just, like, having to – it's just tiring, like, having to constantly meet people. Yeah, I I love how you make the distinction between meeting people and maintaining friendships or relationships with with those people because Mm -hmm. 
I, this is definitely a common discussion on how like, oh my gosh, even me, I tend to make classmate buddies or I guess friends within the class, within my classes. But as soon as those classes end, like the relationship, the quote unquote relationship also ends too. And that like, there was no, I guess, effort put into maintaining those relationships. And you are right in that it takes a lot of energy and time to um, not only meet people, but even more so to maintain them. Yeah. And like, I feel like effort is definitely some, it's like consistency and effort. Mm-hmm. And I care a lot about like my relationships, like I prioritize them a lot. So if I like suppose couldn't meet someone like for a week or two weeks, I'd start feeling guilty. And if I was exhausted, I'd still make a plan to go meet them. And like, mm-hmm. that's just not healthy, right? Like, but I guess like the second time, I feel like first year of university, that's like pretty common for a lot of people, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then like, interestingly enough, the second time I experienced social burnout was like during COVID when I went back home because, okay, let me just st- like start with the disclaimer that Bangkok didn't have COVID. So like yeah. I was meeting people live and like we, yeah so like I was I wasn't like breaking rules and like spreading COVID so <laughs> I I genuinely like was allowed to meet people and I was home for ten months and so were my high school friends and so were my cousins and it's like everyone was just kind of home and like studying online so we had a lot of free time because most of our classes were in the morning or at night due to time difference and like. I love my family. I love being at home. I love my friends at home. But I didn't realize how much time I was spending with other people and not alone until I came back this January and I was in quarantine. And it was like the best time of my life. Like I love my friends. I love my family. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't regret like going back and spending time with them at all. But it was like a two-week period that I needed yeah like Mm -hmm. I needed to recharge and I needed to be alone and I feel like there are a lot of times when like I remember asking you as well if you think I'm more introverted or extroverted and you said extroverted that's like something I get from a lot of people but I'm very much in the middle like I'm someone who also like an ambivert like I need my alone time as well but I feel like people feel like I'm more extroverted so when I'm introverted people think something's wrong or something but I genuinely just need my alone time so that quarantine break was like I was initially very scared because I like being around people Mm -hmm. but it's more like it was a good time for me to reflect on the last year and like I was definitely burnt out like I loved just being in quarantine which is so weird because I expected it to be like the worst time ever but it was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so glad that you were thriving in quarantine. I mean, I can't blame you for I, – I don't want you to apologize or, like, feel guilty for not using quarantine to socialize as much as you can with your friends and family because you literally did that for 10 months straight in Bangkok. I mean, who wouldn't if, – like, if they had access to, like, a – a COVID-less world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I definitely feel like last year was a lot of people and a lot of things, and like it's good. I made many good memories. Like I don't regret it. I, like I don't like mm-hmm. having any regrets, but it was definitely a lot. So I don't know how yeah. about you. How was like your COVID 
experience? Because I know here was a lot different, right? Like you couldn't meet people. Yeah, it's it's still going. It's still kicking here in Ontario, Canada, um, Toronto more specifically. Um, I social burnout during the time of COVID. Um, so because of all of the stay at home orders and the social restrictions here in Toronto, I had to resort to, of course, like virtual calls, um, more so audio calls than FaceTime or video calls, just because of my screen intolerance due to my concussion. And I, in previous episodes, I've mentioned that I took a gap semester and I was very cognizant that all my friends were busy and potentially burning out through Zoom University. I hear the demands of online classes have definitely increased compared to like in-person classes. Um, So I didn't want to bug my friends because I knew that like they had midterms midterms to focus on and stuff. But also because my friends were in different time zones, like you and Yifan were what, like 12 hours behind me or ahead mm-hmm. of me or whatever so that was yeah like we only had one call I think right yeah so it kind of sucked not being able to have options to I guess allow myself to be uh socially burnt out um or just socialize. but now that I think of it I did experience social burnout pretty recently over the December break when my friends weren't in classes and I wanted to take advantage of that fact and catch up with all of them. Like during December break, I scheduled, I would call them catch up calls with like all of my friends back to back. And as an introvert, like that was socially draining for me. But at the same time, it was also very rejuvenating to catch up on months of months months worth of time of not being together and just checking in on seeing how my friends were doing and yeah so I guess that that's my only incidence of social burnout I mean I'm sure I've experienced it before but I would say that I don't really tend to experience it during school um because you know me I'm very <laughs> focused on studying I would love to uh, be better at socializing and In first year, what's interesting in first year, though, is although that, like, first semester of first year is known as the prime time to meet everyone because apparently – because the belief is that everyone wants to meet everyone, I feel like my residence was kind of a barrier to um, meeting people because wouldn't you agree that, like, my residence, like, OC, was, like, less – homey or less it had less community than compared to your residence and just the other first year residences I agree with that like 100% because a lot of my friends that I'm friends with right now like obviously like besides like you it's like I met them in my residence Mm -hmm. but I feel like Orchard was more of like a just a building like it wasn't really a community (laughs) a hotel and I yeah like I feel the same way with Brock where I'm staying right now as well like, I don't know anyone on my floor. Like, But in first year, I knew everyone on my floor. So wow. it was just, like, the RAs would put in a lot of effort to, like, have, like, floor meetings. And, like, we would do things as a community. 
Mm-hmm. But I feel like I couldn't sense that in Orchard. Orchard, yeah, like it literally like <laughs> felt like like you were just going back to like like a hotel room or something, right? I don't know. I mean, I didn't stay there. Oh, no, yeah, you're 100% correct. Like um like people who live in OC usually joke that our rooms are so nice and that cuz like OC, which is one of the first year residences at UBC, um is the most recently built residence so it does kind of feel like you're living in a hotel uh from time to time and so people choke including myself that our rooms are so nice that no one wants to come out of them and socialize with other people whereas and i guess your residence i mean your your building was was relatively new compared to other buildings too yeah. but people would joke that <laughs> like my my friend sarah she would say that her dorm was kind of gross which kind of forced everyone to come out of the rooms <laughs> And make the atmosphere less gross by mingling with each other. Um, so that's just yeah, an interesting I factor. Can see that. There was the lounge and everyone would just meet there. But like um I definitely think your building had better food though. Like everyone would still go eat. Really? Building. OC? Ocean I think- kitchen was like No way. I think Vanier had the best food. Oh, okay, but that's like far. That's like you have to walk. <laughs> hey, you like going for walks, no? I do, I do, I do. But not when I'm like hungry. But yeah. Fair, hangry. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I agree with what you're saying mm. about like the living area. That definitely makes a difference. And like, I find it interesting that like you would think like social burnout, you would need to be in person, but you were talking about how it's all on calls. Do you think it's like the nature of calling that also makes it like, more likely for you to burn out because like when you're calling so many people at the same time don't you feel like this is like what I experience sometimes like when Mm. I don't catch up with people at home and then one weekend I'll catch up with everyone it's like I feel like I'm telling everyone the same thing so it's like not it's a kind of repeating but not like because you're updating right like how much can you update about Mm -hmm. your life yeah I think you're so right I think the reason why I burnt out a little bit over December break was because I was telling giving everyone the same updates, like telling them how my gap semester has been, what I've been up to, how I'm feeling about going back to school this semester, what's up with my headaches and my concussion. So yeah, but I, I'm i still very thankful that I had those catch-up calls. If anything, I think it taught me to maybe schedule in those catch-up calls, not just during breaks, but rather throughout the semester. Um so that I don't have to, I don't know, procrastinate and save all my updates that summarize, what, like four or five, six months of my life till like one, one, two hour call, you know? I think mm-hmm. that's, we can draw parallels with scheduling in breaks throughout a week with like scheduling in socialization time throughout the week too. Yeah. And I find it very interesting, like, I feel like we've had this conversation before, but I love that you, like, you schedule in your calls, and I remember asking if you, like, <laughs> the reason you did that is because, like, you feel like you, like, it's like a, like a chore, like, you schedule it in, but then you were mm-hmm. like, no, it's because I prioritize it, and I yeah. find that really interesting, because for me, it's like, I will usually, like, I don't really plan calls unless it's, like, there's a big time difference, mm-hmm. it's more just, like, I'll pick up the phone and call someone if I feel like talking. Mm-hmm. So I just find it, I find it, very, you're like one of the only friends like that's here that still like schedules a call with me. <laughs> and I find it so cute. You're like, okay, we're, we're going to call like this weekend, like at this time. I'm like, okay, I will put it in my calendar. 
<laughs> well, when you asked me um, if I ever picked up the phone to call someone, just unplanned, I was like, not really. I mean, I, I have done it before, but the reason, the reason why, yeah, like you said, the reason why I like to schedule my calls is, well, first of all, I, I'm very, I, I love being organized. So I love visualizing all of my um, things to do throughout the week or throughout the day. So that's another added benefit or reason why I do that. But yeah, like I don't want to forget about my friends. So I'm going to write them into my agenda if need be. And yeah, because I think I'm trying to be more cognizant of all the um, aspects of my life that I need to tend to. So like not just school and not just exercising and not just volunteering, but also like carving out time in my schedule to speak with my homies, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's like really good that you put it in your schedule because then you can see like visually how busy you're Mm going to be with people. Like for me, I feel like sometimes I, like I never like double book people, but sometimes I don't think about how many people I'd be meeting in like a day or like over Mm. the weekend until it like comes and like, it's like, whoa, like I'm tired. And it's not because I don't want to meet them. It's just like, I could have planned it better, which is something like, I, I think it's good that you schedule it in. Like it's something I'm going to try doing as well. Just so I can visually see how many people like, well, obviously not right now because there's COVID, but (laughs) like (laughs) in general. Yeah. You know, you can schedule in FaceTime calls and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I think that definitely goes back to what we were talking about in um, trying to spread out uh, socialization time um, throughout your weekly schedule. And I want to know how you plan for plan for your self-care days. Because I think during our prep call, we were talking about how um, you plan them, right? Or you schedule them in? Yeah. So I like... Well, obviously, self-care looks different for everyone. So this is just my personal experience. But everyone has different ways to, like, you know, have self-care. And, like, for you, that might be, like, meditating, which I think is amazing. Um, Like, so my walks, they're usually my study breaks. So that's more, like, self-care for academic burnout. And it's, like, I listen to my music and just chill. But Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, social burnout, I have been a lot better this year especially and I usually have like Sunday self-care nights where I'll like do like a 10 step like the like the Korean 10 step facial thing but um it like takes like I like purposefully take time and like I'll like make tea I usually order um either tiramisu or like a red velvet from Brekka like one of those so I'll like yeah, I'm, I, like, order. I haven't gone back, but I've been ordering. And, like, it's part of my, like, self-care Sunday routine here. So I'll basically do a facial. I'll, like, um, be in PJs. I've like, washed my hair. And, like, I'll play music. And I think the biggest thing is I don't look at my phone. Mm, love that. That I feel like is, like, I wouldn't be taking a break if I was still ha- I was still looking at my phone while I was doing these things. So I just have my music on in the background. So my phone is there. I just don't look at it. Yeah. And then um, another thing that I've started incorporating, only if I have the time, obviously, it's like, so um, my friend, her name's Tina. She has these days. She's like an introvert as well, right? So she has these days called hermit days. That's what she calls them. And like, she will literally not leave like her like room. And it's like once a week, like she'll do that. Like, 
like she'll like won't meet anyone and she'll just like order in and like clean and just chill and like be in her own like space and she'll usually put her phone away for like half the day as well mm-hmm. um yeah so that like inspired me to like take some time for myself as well and I try to do that around once a week usually like Sundays if uh, I have work it's like a little harder like for example this week today is a Saturday right and like I ended up taking my self-care day today instead of tomorrow because I have a midterm on Monday so I don't want to just be chilling on a Sunday because it's like I will be stressed like I will yeah yeah. so I plan it out accordingly and there are some weeks where I just don't have those days and I'll incorporate them in the middle of the week like if I have stuff due Monday and Tuesday then on Wednesday I'll make up for my like missing of my Sunday self-care day by doing like extra stuff Mm -hmm. like I don't know just like eating more cake or something like I'll just like make up for it somehow but I definitely think it's very important and I've learned that I'm not as extroverted as I used to feel and it's something I'm like starting to adapt to as a person Mm -hmm. and like I have to be conscious about it and like letting the people around me know as well because I feel like sometimes people are confused like because I feel like I'm changing more towards being introverted and like I've been I've gotten comments from my friends before they were where they were a little confused and then I was like yeah no I genuinely just need like alone time it's nothing personal it's just Mm -hmm. me like changing and you're introverted as well right uh yeah I would identify as an introvert so I totally resonate with you in in taking as much downtime as I need when it's needed. And I also want to commend you for communicating to your friends who do perceive you to be more extroverted than introverted, uh, me included, and setting up your boundaries for your self-care Sunday nights. Um, Yeah, like, I feel like for social burnout, like, it's very important to just, like, communicate with friends. Because if they're your true friends, like, I feel like we've talked about this, right? Like, when you're secure enough in your friendships... Mm -hmm. Even if I don't talk to you, like, suppose I don't text you for a week, you still know I'll be there for you and you'll be there for me if we need each other. It's just, we both just need alone time and, like, yeah. do you feel like your, your, like, introvertedness or extrovertedness has changed over the years? Um, mm, Ishi, why you gotta make me so introspective like that? (laughs) Um, No, because I feel like I'm changing. I'm just wondering if it's, like, normal to, like, change I think it's normal to change. I mean, we're 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 always changing as humans. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like I've gotten less introverted over the years just because of like university. The atmosphere at university is so much more so much different compared to the atmosphere in high school, where I felt like pretty boxed in in high school and didn't really find my niche until it, I still don't think I found my niche yet, but it's. To answer your question, yes, I think my introversion has changed. I think it has decreased a little bit um, because university has made me more of a social creature. But definitely, I would still identify as an introvert. And I wanted to ask, do you ever feel like you have to, you feel guilty for telling your friends that you need to cancel plans in order to just hang out with yourself? Well, I don't necessarily, like, cancel plans. I wouldn't say, like, I've canceled on my friends because they're a very high priority of mine. 
but um I would say like there are days where it's like if a friend texted me like are you free on Sunday to meet and it's like I would feel a little guilty being like I don't think like it's like yes technically I am free Mm. but I need that alone time and it's like I feel like I'm very secure in my friendships now that my friends understand and I feel like it's all about communication right like I I wouldn't just be like oh no and then let it be I'd be be like how about Monday like I would still put in the effort and like Mm -hmm. if they couldn't meet Monday at all then maybe I'd just meet them on Sunday because like right now I feel like I'm coming back to normal from like the social burnout like I'd be more ready to meet people again but if I know I'm burning out then I would be conscious about it so like I would like I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything that would make me feel that guilty because I don't feel like I cancel on plan like on plans that much, but I just wouldn't plan it in advance. Like if I knew that I needed that time and like, usually my friends can tell like if I'm like tired or something, like we'll just like, there's like certain friends that, you know, like you don't have to constantly be like talking to them. They can just be in the room and stuff. Mm-hmm. those are the friends like I don't really experience burnout from that like I wouldn't mind if like I had pe- I like people around like I genuinely love having people around but it's more like certain types of friends like not in a mean way it's just like there are a few people like I can think of for example that I would if I were to be meeting them every day I would I know I would be burnt out just because yeah. I would feel the need to constantly be talking or doing stuff and then there's other people that I could meet every day and not get burnt out because it's just like different friendships, I guess. And I love all of them equally. It's just yeah. personal like, like experience from, yeah. Like, would you agree? Like there's different types of friends? Yeah, I think so. I think like um, the amount of social energy that um, that you draw from people can de- definitely vary from person to person. And that's not to say that one friend is better than the other because they give more or less energy I think that's a definitely valid point that you brought up yeah I I feel like with when it comes to friends like they're all great you know like I love my friends it's just there's you also need to love yourself as well so it's important oh, so to deep. like take I love it that because I've just noticed like for example in high school there was a time where I felt like I was like socially burnt out as well mm-hmm. and it was harder for me to be genuinely there for my other friends. So if you're not like taking care of your own, like just my mantra, you can't wait, what's your mantra? Yeah. You can't take care of others unless you take care of yourself first. I love that. Like I genuinely agree with that so much. Like it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Like if you're not feeling great, how are you going to like, you don't have the energy to make someone else feel. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Oh, love it. I love it. What do you do for self-care? <laughs> what do I do for self-care? Um, meditate. Uh, I like to meditate, um, exercise, and eat without screens. I love without, that. <laughs> without, even without like, earphones because I really ever since I started meditating I really want to hone in on the experience of taste so I I've noticed that I I that my like auditory um sense wait why did I say that my sense of hearing or like my sense of sight 
can compete with like my sense of taste. So yeah, I just try to focus on the food right in front of me, just be more intentional. And when I say exercise before, I would say um, I take care of myself by exercising and going to the gym. But now I've tried to expand that form of self-care by coupling it with um, fresh air or vitamin D from the sun and like going for walks and considering walks, um, which doesn't have to be as intense as squatting or like deadlifting in the in the gym um, as a form of self-care. Because I feel like before um, I didn't really go for walks because uh, I always had access to a gym and that I felt like a workout that really made me sweat, like drip in sweat um, and made me feel really sore the next day was the only valid form of self-care. But Mm -hmm. this quarantine and my concussion has encouraged me to pick up low impact exercise and I've been loving it so, so much. Uh, Just the fact that I walk with my family. Thank you. Um, And just enjoy some fresh air and just the nature around me. So yeah, those are some of my self-care strategies, definitely informed by you and your walks on UBC campus. Yeah, I feel like everyone has such different self-care, but like you just got to do what works for you. Mm-hmm. And it's so and important. Yeah, self-care is definitely going to look different for everyone. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking about people who who like binge Netflix shows and that mm-hmm. could definitely be a form of self-care, even though I don't know. I feel, do you think there's a stigma in like people using social media or screens as a form of self-care? I mean, like, I get it as, like, taking breaks, right? Like, when we're studying, I feel like we're all guilty of just, like, looking on Instagram and stuff. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how much of – I don't know how much it classifies as self-care, though. Like, I I think it's definitely a break. But at the same time, it's still, like, more information. And, like, if we're talking about social burnout, social media, I feel like, contributes to that in a way as well. Like, Mm -hmm. like FOMO or, like, you know, just, like, small things or, like, seeing – yeah and it's like I don't know like I've been considering as well maybe like just deleting social media but I know it's such a like I it, I probably won't end up doing it like it's such a hard thing to do but it's especially like, now right yeah I yeah. definitely think it's like I don't know if it would you say it counts as self-care yeah I think anything can be a form of self-care as long as the individual deems it as self-care for them and is reaping the benefits of whatever form of self-care they've chosen because social media and screens can be beneficial. Like it feels great to watch a comedy movie or great to um, record or watch TikToks. But I totally know what you what you're like pointing to in that like sometimes screens and social media can be detrimental in that we tend to, to compare ourselves to other. We tend to experience FOMO. So that sounds like a that could be a whole nother episode in itself. But I think it. But I guess like self care just comes down to just being intentional of what you're doing and and making sure that you're doing it for good reasons. Yeah, like just as long as you know it brings you joy and it's not something dumb or like <laughs> there's no like negative consequences or like. Yeah, just, like, taking care of yourself, I guess. Like, 
and like I feel like this year has shown us all like things change all the time so you just got to do what makes you happy I guess and I also just want to briefly mention that self-care is a privilege in itself I know that not everyone can do it so easily and even if people can practice self-care it's definitely a learning process I'm still uh learning to integrate self-care days and strategies throughout my undergrad degree because it's it's not it wasn't something that I was raised to do which is understandable for me so yeah that's just a little disclaimer and that we're all learning so wow I want to thank you Ishii for coming on today's episode it's always a pleasure to talk to you about the realest things Today, like I've done a lot of self-reflection just by listening to your story and by being prompted by your questions, which I am forever grateful for. And I'm hoping that we've offered tools to the listeners or some ideas of how they can take care of themselves to increase their resilience towards either academic burnout or social burnout. And I also want to give a few shout outs in the episode description. I'm going to link a few wellness resources for those who would like to learn more about ways they can combat their um, burnout or increase their resilience towards burnout because burnout can look different for any, for burnout can look different for different people and it can manifest in different ways so if anyone's interested please go check the down bar and my final and our favorite shout out is miss yifan um our good friend yifan thank you for bringing ishi and i together otherwise our this episode would not have existed more importantly our relationship would not have existed either so thank you yifan and thank you ishi Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, I learned a lot today. It was really nice to talk to you. Wow, I was already motivated to practice self-care just by having Ishii as a friend, but I'm even more determined to take care of myself and prevent burnout after a conversation. As always, here are today's takeaways in no specific order. Number one, appreciate the power of mini breaks. Don't underestimate the impact of meditating or walking outside for a few minutes because these mini breaks can add up to the huge reward of preventing burnout. Number two, while multitasking might seem like you're saving time, it can take away from the individual experiences. If you study and eat at the same time, like past Ishii and past Chelsea, consider using meals as an opportunity to recharge and refuel your brain and as a necessity to become productive when you return to study. Likewise, if you study with friends, make sure you're also spending quality time beyond studying. Number three, if possible, taking less than a full course load is a great way to give yourself more time to practice self-care and focus on each course a little bit better. If this isn't possible, taking courses, electives, or even extracurriculars you're genuinely interested in can help make your academic experience more meaningful, thus mediating your well-being. Number four, like schoolwork, Meeting new people and maintaining relationships require lots of time and energy. When it becomes too much, it's important to embrace and protect your alone time so that you can be more present in your relationships. Number five, don't be afraid to set boundaries when it comes to socialization. 
If you need downtime and can't commit to a plan, true friends will understand as long as you communicate. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Setback Stories. We're always looking for new topics and guests to bring on the show and we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to DM us on Instagram at setbackstories or email us at setbackstories at gmail.com. Finally, we're seeking ways to grow and improve our podcasting game. If you can, please leave us a review. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so that you will never miss a bi-weekly episode from yours truly. I'd also like to give credits to my team, co-producer and co-writer Madison Wong and technical producer and editor Kendra Tam. There's so much work that happens behind the scenes and I can't thank you two enough. Till next time. That's okay. Do we want to take a wellness break so you can collect your thoughts too? We could, sure. Okay, because we're also at the halfway mark. I'm going to go pee. All right. Sounds good.